welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so happy to be here today because today's episode is one of my favorites because I do these every now and then. I actually haven't done one of these in quite a few weeks, but this is going to be an advice column and I've noticed a lot of podcasters doing this recently. So originally, I got the idea of this from my favorites, What We Said podcast with Chelsea and JC. They do like a monthly advice column and I've been doing it for the past, I would say six months, doing it once a month like they do. I've always thought it was a good idea, but I've seen a lot of other people doing it recently too. And they are some of my favorite episodes because for one, I love hearing other people's stories that they're going through, things they need advice on. And I also like it because you can cover so many different topics. I'm obviously not a professional. I don't know everything. It's kind of meant to be like, like you're asking a sister for some help, your friend. If you have asked for advice from a lot of other people, but you kind of want an outside source, I want to be the outside source. So that is what today's episode is. We're covering a lot of different topics. I actually did this one a little bit differently. So I asked for questions on my Instagram like I always do. If you guys had any specific advice questions, I asked you guys to email me and I'm going to answer all the email ones first. And then I actually did just like a question box for general topics. And if any of those general topics are things I haven't really talked about, I'm going to try to answer those too, or just ones that came up quite often. I'm going to share those in this podcast as well. So that is what today's episode is. If you guys ever want to be in my future one, you can just follow me at Michelle Reed. That's just my name, Michelle Reed, R-E-E-D. It's also always in the show notes. If you want to follow me there, I post a lot of my life on Instagram, but I also think it's nice because I can get some feedback from you guys and see what you guys are wanting for the podcast. I also had a viewer, her name is Amanda, reach out to me and give me this idea. And I thought it was good because last week, if you listened to my last episode, I talked about wanting to share my high and low of the week, but she said it's this concept of a rose, a thorn, and a bud. So a rose is the high of the week, thorn is the low of the week, and bud is something that you're looking forward to. And I love that idea. I thought it was just such a good idea. So I don't know if I'm going to do this in all the episodes. It's also only Wednesday, so it's not really the end of the week when I'm recording this, but I figured I would just kind of share currently in my life what my high and low is and my bud of the week. And thankfully lately, I haven't really had a lot of lows. Life has been really just good lately. I will say, no, I do have a low. I was putting doing something off for a while. I don't know if you guys are like this, but there's something that was looming over my head that was just causing a lot of general anxiety in my life. Something that I had always was worrying about was feeling a lot of confusion around. And I'm not going to go into like specifics for this, but I was just feeling really like set off by this one thing and I actually got clarity on this thing because I finally just sought clarity and sought reaching out and figuring stuff out and I feel so much better and I wanted to put this in because that was my low of the week was having to do that because I don't like confrontation I don't like stuff like that that's not my strong suit and I'm so thankful this is why I'm so thankful for my husband Aiden because he really pushes me to do things that in the moment are really hard but are going to make my life easier and you know what I'm just gonna be honest I got a little upset at him because he was really pushing me to do this and I was like why in the world do you keep pushing me to confront this it's not that big of a deal it's not the end of the world he kept pushing me and I finally did it and I feel so much better and it's so important guys to have someone in your life that does that especially if you aren't naturally the kind of person who pushes yourself I push myself in a lot of other ways I think with work I think in social situations I think with trying new things yes but when it comes to doing things that I don't want to do I'm very stubborn 
And he is so good for me in that way. So I just want to encourage you to find someone in your life who can do that because my life has been made easier ever since doing this. I think that the bud, the thing that I'm looking forward to, this is kind of a general thing. I think usually you're meant to say something like far off in the future, but I'm really looking forward to the month of September. I love September. September is such a good month. It's a good month of change, of kind of new beginnings, starting a month off right. Fall is kind of coming into play. I would say in Texas, it doesn't exactly feel like fall, but it does get out of the hundreds. It's like mostly in the 90s, the 80s, maybe a couple 70 days. And so I'm excited for that. I also just tried out Newly. So Newly is like a subscription service where you can get clothes each month and you get six pieces and you rent them out and then you send them back. And I'm trying that for the next month because I'm trying, as you guys know, to not buy as much stuff. But I thought that that would be a good way to try some new pieces but not have to commit fully. And I think with fall, I always want to go out and buy all these new fall clothes. But it's nice because I can just rent them off newly. So I will have them in the show notes if you guys want to check them out. I actually have a referral code. I think it gets you $10 off, but I'm going to try them out this month. But I actually was supposed to get the shipment today, but it got delayed and sent back for some reason. So I had to reorder everything. So hopefully in the next couple of days, we'll have that. But I'm just looking forward to September. We have two weddings that we're going to. We also are going to meet my niece Claire in New York. I'm going back to New York City. I haven't been back since I left in March of 2020 very abruptly. So we're going for a whole week. We're staying in a really cute Airbnb kind of apartment situation, and I'm just really excited. I think it's going to be fun. I'm going with my mom for half the week and then Aiden for half the week, so it's going to be nice just to have some quality time with my mom as well. And I think that the high of the week, and not to be this way again, but there are good things on the horizon, not even necessarily for me, but for other people in my life. There are just a lot of good things to look forward to. It's like a season, again, of change. Specifically, one thing that I'll probably talk about in a video down the road, but some things are coming into fruition that we have been really praying for, really hoping that things would come together. And I am just really thankful. I'm very thankful. I'm very content with the phase of life I'm in. And it's just been a really positive week. So those are kind of my little updates for the week. But let me know if you like this segment. Let me know if you would like to hear it every single week because I would love to do it every week. So starting with the email questions, the first one says, Hi Michelle, I have been following you since your high school days and it has been so fun to watch you grow throughout life, which is so nice. Thank you. Recently, I visited New York City with a friend and I realized I want to move there. I have always wanted to live there as an adult, but I got insecure about being able to find a job and pay rent. I live in Arizona and I have grown up here and will graduate college in December. Recently, I have realized that I have outgrown a lot of relationships from college and people I grew up with. It feels like time to start a new chapter and chase my New York City dreams post-grad. I would love tips on how to get a job and be able to live in an expensive city. I think that there are a lot of things that could go with this, but I think it's really exciting. I always encourage people when they want to move to New York, even if you just do it for a few months or a year, I think it's such a fun place to live for a short amount of time. You grow so much and you can really realize if you actually like the city life, if that's something that you would be interested in. I would say, I mean, I talked about this in another episode, but I do think when you're moving to a place that is really expensive, it helps to have money saved just to kind of have a set amount of money aside that you know you can always fall back on if it takes long to get a job, if it just 
doesn't really happen as much. If it takes a while to find a job for the cost of actually getting an apartment, because usually when you get an apartment, you have to pay a lot of fees up front. Specifically in New York, it's like a broker fee, first month rent, security deposit, which can be really expensive, even if you're living in a more affordable apartment. So having money saved beforehand instead of just going and hoping everything lines up I just think can be really stressful but that's not to say it's impossible I know friends who did that but for me it was helpful just to have some money saved so I think that that would be the first thing and then as far as a job goes I mean networking is really helpful if you know of someone who lives in the city who works for a company that you like reach out to them and see if they're hiring trying to get leads that way as opposed to going on LinkedIn and kind of finding a job that way seeing who is hiring and throwing your resume in I just think that that can take a long time it's much easier to find a job through word of mouth so those are my tips for moving there and that might take some time to happen I think when you get that urge to move to New York City you just kind of want to do it right away but I think if you do it right you'll have a better experience actually easing into living there and again dealing with the expenses I think the thing that's the most expensive it's not so much food is a little bit more expensive you have to pay for transportation it's the fact that housing is really expensive so when you rent somewhere but typically you do make a little bit more money but you're also taxed more in New York City so there's a lot of things that make it more expensive that just knowing that having a bit of money saved up before can be really helpful so that would be my biggest tip. What is your advice on struggling with physical boundaries in dating? Me and my boyfriend have been together for seven months now. He's my first relationship but we're very much in love and we're trying our best to honor God and keep him at the center. For a little context, we are both in our late 20s and started pre-engagement counseling soon. I never really struggled much with sexual temptation, so I went into this relationship not thinking it would be that hard. Sheesh, I was wrong. We've both agreed and feel strong about having not having sex with each other, or wait, saving sex with each other till we're married, but honestly, we have struggled with the temptation and definitely flirted with the line of physical boundaries. I go back and forth with this because I don't want to feel ashamed of certain desires, which I think is great. But I also feel convicted with the things that we have been doing, and sometimes I feel like my boyfriend doesn't really have the same conviction. We've talked about physical boundaries before, but we're still struggling and falling back into the temptation. This was so long-winded, but I guess what are some practical things that helped you with physical boundaries while you were dating? Was Was this a struggle for you too? Sometimes I feel like I'm the only Christian who is really struggling with this. The answer is yes. I definitely struggled with this. I think when you're attracted to someone, you probably are going to struggle with this. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like you said, I don't think you should ever feel ashamed for struggling with that because I think that's something that I was actually just talking about this with a friend, kind of the idea of purity culture. I get asked this a lot and I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this episode who don't want to wait till marriage. But I think it goes back to doing what's right for you and for your faith that you have And I think that you get to make that decision for you. You're going to hear a lot of things out and about like don't go till this line, don't lay in a bed together, don't make out. I don't really like that because I think that you should be setting those boundaries for yourself. And there's no line that's going to make you more or less holy in my opinion when it comes to dating and doing everything up until this point but on the other side I don't think it's a bad thing to want to wait until marriage and okay what if someone does want to wait still and do it in a healthy way so I think it depends on you and your boundaries and especially because you noted you don't feel like he has the same convictions I think it's really important to be on the same page 
I always say that because if you're not, it's going to be so hard. It's already hard enough, but then when you're not on the same page, it's going to be a lot harder. For me, when I was going through this, I never thought that things were bad. And I think the issue with purity culture comes when people think, if you do this, you're bad. If you do this, you're dirty. And I just never thought that. It was more so I just wanted to wait to do those things until I was married for the sake of delaying gratification and even beyond sex. I just think that delaying gratification is really good for me as a person and as a human. And I know that I wanted to wait to have those things. That's my stance. And that's okay if you think that too. I'm kind of going off on a tangent because I've just been thinking about this a lot lately. But also people rushing into marriage because they want to wait until marriage but they don't want to wait that long and so it becomes this thing where people are getting married because of sex not because they want to spend the rest of their life with this person and I think that's when the issue comes into play so I think knowing first off that none of these things are bad like those desires aren't bad and I think that's when people get married and they're suddenly so out of touch with their body because they've always been taught that these things are bad and they're not good suddenly you get married and it's okay. It's okay. It's good. You can do this now. And that's just so confusing to do to someone. And so knowing that they're not bad, but also knowing that you get to decide how many of those things you want to engage in. I don't know if that helps at all, but I do want you to know that other people struggle with this too. I just don't think that I can set the boundary for you. I think you have to make that for yourself and not feel bad if you engage in something that you once said you didn't want to do unless you really are holding to that and you don't want to do it, then, you know, go back on it and it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes with your boundaries and learn and step back. That's fine too. So I'm planning a trip for my husband's birthday to Vegas. We invited three other couples to join, but there is this couple that we used to be friends with. Long story, but we're now just acquaintances and cordial to each other because we have so many mutual friends. They've made it vocal that they also want to go to Vegas, but I really don't enjoy her company. And I know if I don't invite them, she will be furious and start a lot of drama. We finally got to a place when it's not awkward to be in the same room. We have so many mutual friends, so we see each other a lot. I really don't want to be close with her again. I really don't want to suck it up and invite her, but I also don't want to feel her wrath afterward at all because she'll feel left out. Any advice would be helpful on this weird, toxic friendship. Oof, that's hard. Hmm. It's tough because it does seem like it's a group thing, and if it is a group of friends that you guys all kind of hang out together and then you're trying to leave out one of them, but I can't tell if it's okay, we all just have mutual acquaintances because if that's the case, I think it's okay to like leave someone out if you're not actually a friend group. But if you're a friend group and you're always doing stuff together, then that's kind of a different story. So I would say to just suck it up. And I know that's one of the options that you said you don't want to do. But then again, you don't have to be doing everything together the whole time. I guess you could kind of do separate things every now and then. My only thing is I guess you could do that or just totally not invite them and deal with the wrath. That seems like the two options. And then I think if you're dealing with the wrath, you have to be ready to tell. I can't tell if it's the guy too because it sounds like it's just her that bothers you. 
But if that's the case, you're probably going to have to have the conversation of why you didn't invite her. And then you just have to be ready for that. So I think if you're ready for that, if you're ready to be confrontational, which I would not be going off the beginning of this episode, then go ahead and do that and then enjoy your time in Vegas the way that you want to. But you can also just invite them and deal with them being there too. It's hard when it's a group situation and there's just one person in the group that you're not a huge fan of. I love the podcast and I have followed you for a while and I also need some advice. This one's kind of long, so I'm going to read it. It says, My husband and I got married just two months ago. Both of us and our families are Christians, so we all have the same moral foundation. His parents are great people, but they're also pretty shady. My husband and I have been together for almost six years, and we've been in each other's lives for a while. Over the years, I have seen some pretty selfish and malicious choices play out by his parents, and there's been quite a few incidents that my husband and I agree that we do not support their choices at all. Leading up to our wedding, things took a turn for the worse. His parents are extremely negative, aggressive, uncooperative, disrespectful, and just plain mean to everyone involved. They treated my family, friends, and us poorly throughout the entire process, and they crossed so many boundaries to get what they wanted. I really hope he's not like this. I'm assuming you're husband is not like this. There were lots of small and large incidents that were just disrespectful and made the wedding process so much worse. One small thing was that his dad, a pastor, would be officiating our wedding. Okay, hold up. (laughs) This guy's a pastor too? And you just use the adjectives negative, aggressive, uncooperative, disrespectful? I requested that he wear a black suit since my dad would be too and I liked the way it looked. They pushed back a few times saying that it wasn't a funeral, but we held our ground and thought that they finally agreed. You know what's funny? Sorry, I'm interrupting. My dad also officiated my wedding and he really wanted to wear a navy suit and he said, black feels like you're at a funeral. And I said, no, dad, this matches my colors. That was until our wedding day. He shows up to the family photos in a blue plaid suit. No way. Not even a dark gray or navy, bright blue plaid. They knew exactly how we felt and hid it from us until it was far too late. I was so angry because we had told them so many times and they still ignored it. That's one small thing, but it gets worse than that. Like stealing $8,000 from my husband's sister who was 17 so they could renovate their house. They've said multiple times that they're never giving it back. There's been so much and it's extremely messy and manipulative. After our wedding, my husband and I decided that we should try to limit contact with them and slowly cut them out due to their toxic behavior. They noticed and started contacting us nonstop, leaving voicemails, saying things like, why are you so busy that you can't talk to your mother? And there's no excuse to ignore us. It was so uncomfortable and really hard for my husband because his family, because it's his family. We met up with them for dinner so we could tell them our boundaries and to stop contacting us, but we didn't really explain why or what happened. It's now been two months and I'm having a hard time just letting the things that they did go. We aren't speaking to them very often, but my husband has lightened up on our boundaries because he feels bad and has been manipulated by them for so long. I don't know what to do. Should we sit them down and talk about the things they did to hurt us? Knowing them, they'll most likely blame us or say we're disrespecting the family or just deny everything and it'll blow up even bigger. Should we cut all contact altogether? I don't necessarily want a relationship with them. I don't want them around our future children unless things change. And I don't know if we're doing the right thing by just avoiding them all the time. It's been such a strain on my husband and I's relationship because he feels guilty because they're his parents. But we both know they're toxic and now it's affecting our new family. I don't really know what to do anymore. So do you have any thoughts, comments, concerns, jokes? Anything would be appreciated. Please pray for us. Oh my gosh, the situation is nuts. I can't believe... I can't imagine the strain that puts on your marriage too because I know stuff with family can really be so 
difficult because it's not just like a friendship where you don't really feel bad cutting them out because you don't have blood ties to them but when you're actually connected to them and they're actually family it makes it so much harder and I just want to say my opinion is not the end-all be-all on this because I also don't really know the right thing to do I'm someone who really does value family and values keeping family in the loop and thinks it's really important to stay connected but I also have a very solid family. Eden has a very solid family. I mean, every family has its quirks, but this is just totally different. The stealing $8,000, like that's so nuts. I'm so sorry. I'm always a fan of just being transparent. I think when you put everything on the table and you let them know exactly why you're doing what you're doing, that is all you can do at the end of the day. You can't change them. You can't make them understand even if they try to turn it on you and make it seem like it's your fault. Like that is on them. And so you mentioned that you had gotten dinner with them but you didn't actually tell them why you were feeling the way that you're feeling and why you were putting those boundaries up. And so I would say to get dinner with them again and tell them exactly why and tell them why you don't really have an interest being together bring up these past instances and you're probably right because when someone is truly so caught up in their own world and quite honestly narcissistic they can't actually fathom that maybe they're part of the problem so they probably will try to put it on you but I think and something my mom always said was all you can do is all you can do and all you can do is be transparent with them and give them the space to possibly ask for forgiveness and that would be really rare I think if they did just going off the past stories but I think you can ask them to kind of give their perspective on the situation and how they feel and you can take that or you can leave it and you can run with it and then decide what you want to do but if you do that you won't have that guilty feeling looming over you of okay I just cut out my husband's family and now I'm always going to feel like we didn't actually try to have them involved. So maybe that's the wrong answer. Maybe you shouldn't even meet up with them. I don't know. I don't have a lot of experience in like toxic family dynamics. And I don't even like to label people as toxic because I think that just labels them as something. It doesn't give them room to grow or change. And obviously everyone can grow or change, but given the situation, I think they sound pretty toxic. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm so sorry. I will definitely say a prayer though. I know that's kind of like the Baptist, I'm going to be praying for you, but really that is so hard and I can't imagine being in that situation. First, I wanted to tell you that I've been following you for years and I truly love your content. It really inspires me. Thank you. So I'm a student and I'm about to leave my family's home for the first time because I'm going to study outside of the country within the framework of an Erasmus program. I think I'm saying that right. I get a little bit stressed about this new life, so my question is, do you have any advice about leaving your family's home and starting on your own? I think the thing to remember is that it's okay just to throw yourself in a new situation. You can really think about how much you miss your family. You can feel really homesick. I imagine especially when you're going to study outside of the country, it can feel like just such a big change, but just being comfortable with that change, accepting it, and knowing that it's going to be a lot different than your life before is something that's just good to know. But I think that beyond that, it's helpful just to... Okay, y'all, I just got back because I heard my literal front door opening and I'm home by myself right now and Cash was barking like crazy. 
but I guess they were doing something on my Wi-Fi, but they had left and they just came back and like came in my apartment and didn't knock. <laughs> it was so sketchy. I was so scared. Stuff like that always happens when I'm recording podcasts. But as I was saying with living on your own for the first time, something that I did when I moved to New York was just saying yes to everything saying yes to hanging out with new people, saying yes to seeing new things, saying yes to new experiences because you don't really have time to think about all the change that is happening and the homesickness when you're just throwing yourself into new circumstances and new situations. That doesn't mean you just forget your family, but that means you don't have to sit around and be sad when you're starting somewhere new when you just have a lot going on. And I do think that being busy in the start of a new phase of life is really helpful when you're trying to kind of adjust and just get back and to start your life on your own. And also just knowing that you can always talk to your family, you can always call them, you can always reach out, you can always FaceTime them when you miss them, and just knowing that they're always there. That is something that's always really helpful for me, and especially when I lived in New York, just knowing that my family was only a phone call away, even when they felt like they were really far away, especially when you're in a different country. My name is Caroline, and I am a senior in college this year. I've been dating my boyfriend for a year, and he's my first long-term relationship. We have also been pretty serious for a few months, talking about how we intend to get married in the next two years. Anyway, one thing I didn't foresee as being an issue for me is comparing our relationship to our peers. I know it looks different to my friends who aren't Christians because we do things a little bit differently, but I expected that. What I didn't expect is the comparison with the Christian circle of friends we have. I find myself wondering whether we are supposed to be spending as much time together as the other couple or if we are good within one another because I don't devote as much time to him as she does for her boyfriend, I didn't expect this insecurity to take shape. Did you experience this when you and your husband were dating? If so, how did you approach it? This is a great question, and I think that this is something that a lot of people probably struggle with. I think especially as a Christian when there's just this idea of, okay, this is what it looks like to date in a Christian way. This is what it looks like to, again, going back to the boundaries questions, to have all these kind of boundaries, and this is what it means to love. And I'm just here to say that you really don't need to compare your relationship to other people's. Even I love Kristen Johns. Kristen Johns is probably one of my favorite YouTubers, but she was talking on our Instagram story how she just had a baby and she was scrolling through her discovery page and she found this mom who has a baby who's the same age as her son and she was talking all about his schedule and how she prefers to keep him on this rigid schedule because it keeps him kind of in line and she started being flooded with all this feeling of, oh my gosh, I don't have my son on a schedule and he's a newborn and I really need to be having more of a schedule and she just stepped back and realized, oh my gosh, I don't even want that. I'm just thinking that because I see that on social media. And that's something that I always try to be conscious of is questioning when I'm comparing myself to someone else. It can be good when you do actually want something that someone else has or they're doing something that you really like. But a lot of times you'll step back and be like, I don't actually want that. Like, no, I don't want to spend all that time with my significant other because I actually do really like my alone time. Or, oh my gosh, I don't really want to be doing all those things for him. I'm okay with doing the things that I'm doing. And you realize that you're okay with the way that you're living your life. And so I think just separating it, and it's more of a mindset shift you have to have that it's okay not to live your life the same as everyone else out there. And it's okay to do things in your own way, especially within relationships. It's okay if someone else does something that you aren't doing yourself because maybe you don't actually want that. So I think you just have to step back and remember it and be aware of it when it's happening. Be aware that you're comparing yourself. Be aware that 
you don't have to have the same relationship as everyone else. So this is the last email question, but it says, I'm a longtime listener of the podcast and watcher of all your content. I remember when the podcast launched in lockdown when I was only allowed to go on short walks listening to it. The highlight of my day. Oh, I'm so happy that that's not life right now. Hopefully we're at. It's not life. Anyways, I need advice on the situation. For the past month, I've been feeling very off giving too much value on my physical appearance and other girls, and this has been affecting my relationship with my boyfriend. I find my mind spiraling over unnecessary things or always thinking the worst of any slightly off behavior of his. I'm not concerned over the quality of my relationship. We've been together for six years and we're very happy. What I feel like I need to improve is the quality of the relationship with myself. I just want to feel carefree and happy again like I was a couple of months ago. Do you have any advice on how to stop dwelling over superficial things and things that I could try to do to feel more present and focus my mind on the current moment? I know you talk a lot about faith here, but since I believe in other forms of higher power, could you keep this in mind? Yeah, I mean... I think finding the source of what is causing your comparison, so you say you're giving too much value on your physical appearance and other girls, it sounds like you're dealing with comparison, which might be because you're hanging out with certain people or you are scrolling on Instagram and feeling that way. I know that I am much more like discontent with my life and discontent with myself when I'm just scrolling a lot on Instagram and I'm looking at what other people are posting, when I'm comparing myself to other people online. And even when I'm hanging out with certain people who are nitpicking other people, I notice that I do that too. So I would just question who you're hanging out with, what you're consuming, doing a diagnostic of your life, like what is causing me to feel this way? Because before I was feeling carefree, I was feeling really content with my life and just finding that source of comparison that is causing these thoughts, I think can be really helpful. You also mentioned that you're kind of nitpicking at your boyfriend or anything that is slightly off-putting you're feeling really disturbed by I would question and make sure that those are small things that they aren't bigger things that are going on like make sure it's not just oh he does this thing and it really annoys me but okay wait is it actually something bigger that I can talk to him about and seeing if it's actually something because that can be something but if it is just something small that you're taking out on him because you just don't feel confident in yourself I think that that is totally different but just making sure it's not actually something and think of your life when you said a couple months ago I was feeling carefree what was going on in your life what was the situation what were you consuming again who were your friends and running that diagnostic and seeing what is making you feel insecure I think just knowing that you have the power to stop too a lot of times when I'm feeling this way you get so stuck in your thoughts and stuck in kind of like a woe is me mindset that you have to know that you have the power to change your thoughts and you can take that power from your mind and shift it and shift it to more positive areas of life and that is something I do I try to follow people that make me feel really uplifted I try to follow people who make me feel just happier people who make me feel more confident and just pursue those things as well so I'm going to read through some of these questions I'll probably try to answer these a little bit quicker these are the Instagram ones but this one says would you say your life gets better after college I'm currently in grad school and I'm miserable so this depends on what you're actually doing of course I mean you kind of have to make your life the life that you want 
to be living from someone who actually did like the school aspect of things like I liked writing papers I liked getting good grades or bad grades sometimes too I really liked school but I love life after school much better I like having the freedom to structure my own schedule, my freedom to kind of work at my job and have time at night and not feeling like I have to do homework all the time. I do not miss that. Part of me always kind of thinks, what would it be like to go get an MBA or something? And then I think, actually, no, I would not like to do that at all. But never say never to. If I end up doing that, don't kill me. Don't get mad at me. But I do think I like my life outside of school a lot better. So I would say yes, because I think if you're someone who thrives on structure, it can be hard when you get out of college, when you miss that structure. I was actually just watching Jacqueline Brooke on YouTube and she just graduated college and she was talking about getting used to not having that kind of set structure each day can be really, really hard. And so I would say that you kind of have to give yourself structure when you graduate college and if you like the structure that you're living in, if you like the routine that you have, it can be a really good situation but it depends on what you make it. Do you think a dream job exists? What do you think of I don't dream of labor comment? I think I said that I don't dream of labor comment before. I mean, I think that I think work is so good and it's so good to feel fulfilled by your work and to enjoy what you're doing. Like that's such a great thing but not everyone has the luxury of being able to do something that they love doing. I think you can work towards it and I really would like to say that everyone has that opportunity but I just don't think that's practical. I think I know a lot of people are working jobs that they're working because they just need to make money and so the thing that I don't like about the comment of having a dream job is it just puts a lot of pressure to feel entirely fulfilled in your job itself and I think it's okay if your job is just a means to an end and I think you know, there's two sides of this. You can really want to enjoy the job you're in, but you can also just enjoy making money the way you're making it. And then, you know, you can either work to live or live to work. I think it's that principle. And it just depends on the person. It depends on what you want. I mean, I think I grew up with parents who worked so hard, were always so diligent at the work that they were doing but they also made it a priority to turn off work at night and be present with us as kids and so as I'm an adult and thinking about my job and thinking about Aiden's job I just really always hope that work is kind of that means to an end but granted my parents worked so extremely hard before they had kids where they were just tired every night because they were working so hard to build the life that they wanted to live so I think it's okay if you don't have a dream job. I just think that that's always the question we ask people and it's okay if you have other interests beyond just work or a job, that kind of thing. How to divide house chores with my husband? This is a very good question. Um, I think for us, we just kind of pick the things that we like to do. I would say ours aren't split 50-50 because I am home a lot more and I'm also not working a job where I am having to sit at a computer all day. I'm working a job where I have the ability to do laundry while I'm also editing a video. So I would say that I do more of the chores around the house, but there are also specific things that he will do. So he covers all the car stuff. So our car just needed to be serviced. So he took care of that. He takes care of making sure that there's always gas in the car so I never have to get gas, which is really actually nice. And I really like that we drive a lot, so we definitely go through a lot of gas. We usually split off doing like making the bed and doing the dishes. So just find what you like to do and then try to compromise. But something that we've always tried to do was just because it's technically 
like Aiden's chore to do X, that doesn't mean that I never do it. And it's still nice to do it every now and then for the other person. And I think that's with like the dishes. He does the dishes mostly after dinner, but sometimes I'm like, hey, I don't actually mind doing it tonight. So I'm just going to go ahead and do them or hey, I'll unload the dishwasher because I have time. I don't mind doing it. It makes it feel less like a chore and more like you're a team trying to do things together. So I think just sitting down. But also, if you're the kind of person who wants things to be split 50-50, make that known because that can be a source of resentment. If you always expect the laundry to be done, you always expect the dishes to be unloaded right away. It's important to talk about those things before. But I'm just not someone who like needs there to be a clear-cut 50-50. I personally don't think it's like that big of a deal because I really like cleaning. I love vacuuming. I love like cleaning the house and so I don't mind doing it. But that also doesn't mean when, you know, we have kids one day and I am busier that I am always going to be the one who's doing these chores too. It's okay if things change. Like if you're in a busier job season than the other person, it's okay to kind of you know, do less than the other person. It just ebbs and flows. And I think when you're in a marriage, like that's good if you're ebbing and flowing and it's not just this clear cut contract situation because that's just not really a vibe unless that is your vibe. It depends on the person. (laughs) This one just made me laugh. It says, how am I supposed to deal with people that give me advice that I don't need? Don't ask for unsolicited advice or just don't take it. I mean, I get a lot of unsolicited advice. I'm like very small things, which I think it's kind of funny because sometimes some person, one person will say one thing and one person will literally say the exact same opposite thing. And so you just kind of have to run with it. Take advice when you feel like you actually really need it. Don't feel like you need to listen to everyone. How did you know when was the best time to get married, like year, month, etc.? So when we got married, we wanted to get married after college because we just thought it would be easier and we thought it would be nice to have A few months after Aiden graduated college, if he was searching for a job, it would just be nice to have him have a job when we got married. That wasn't absolutely necessary if it took longer, but just to give him some time after college. And then after that, when it came to setting a date, we just looked at different venues. And originally we were looking at July to get married. That was the month we were trying to do, but we couldn't find any venues that had July open and We found this one venue and we were actually trying to find our reception venue and our chapel venue. So that meant we had to have two different venues align and have one day open. And August 22nd was like the only day that those two had open together. So we figured it was a sign. And that was when we got married. So there wasn't that much thought put into it. I think it just depends on... It can be really stressful getting married, not because of the life change of getting married, but there's just a lot with the wedding planning that it's nice to have a season kind of free. So that was a year after I graduated college and I was just working on YouTube, doing that full time. And so I felt very comfortable planning a a wedding at the same time of doing that and then also moving to Texas. So just depends on you and your situation. Not having a career title and having a really low paid job and comparing myself to my peers. This is a really hard one because also I think this is something a lot of people struggle with when they're graduating college and this is why I don't think there should be so much pressure on career that's why I said the answer I said to the dreaming of labor comment because there's just this assumption that when you graduate college you have to have this dream job that you love and it's so true that you compare yourself to everyone around you and I think that you just have to know that the job that you're in right now is not your forever job And it may be really low paying right now, but it's a step in the direction that you want to be in down the road and that that's okay. It's okay to not be 
living the exact life that you want to live for the rest of your life right now and so just knowing that for yourself and knowing that it's okay to look at other people and be motivated by them kind of going on the comparison thing it's okay if you want what someone else has and you use that to motivate you but if you're just constantly being down about yourself and constantly feeling like you are worthless because person a has this great job and you have a worse job know that it's just for a season and something that my dad always told me was just prioritizing being faithful in whatever season that you're at and not just always jumping to the next because it's better but being faithful in the moments that other people wouldn't be faithful in because they would want something better I don't know if that makes sense faithfulness and being really dependable was so important and that was something that he always emphasized and I think that that really shows through in the small moments when you're working a job that you don't love the pay is not great obviously I think that you should try to work and get a higher pay I'm all about that I actually had someone message me and say that a lot of people are doing performance reviews right now so it'd be a good time to talk about asking for a raise so maybe I will try to do that with a guest on a near episode but I think that that is just something to keep in mind and that you don't want to compare yourself to other people, even though I know it's really hard. Those are all the questions I'm going to answer. There were definitely quite a few more, so I might save them for another episode, but thank you guys so much for listening. I hope I got to your question. If I didn't, please just keep asking because one of these days I'm bound to. I do see the same people who ask questions, so just know I don't have like an overabundance of people entering stuff, but I do have a decent amount, so I will hopefully get to yours. But let me know if you enjoyed. Feel free to write a review if you enjoyed this podcast episode. It really does help my podcast grow. And also just subscribe to get notified when I upload every Monday. And also my favorite thing is just to tag me in an Instagram story if you're listening. If you got to this point, let me know in your Instagram story. You listen to the end. I would love to see. It's always kind of cool because there's not really comments on podcasts, but I always get feedback more on Instagram. So again, that's just at Michelle Reed. I hope you guys have a great day and I'll catch you guys in my next episode. Bye friends.